For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Leech to Brathwaite Dock. Leech to Brathwaite Dock. Leech to Brathwaite. Another dock. It was Cricket's groundhog delivery in Barbados as a lifeless pitch was nearly cajoled into action by the tourists on the final day. Could England have been a bit braver with their declaration, as Captain Joe Root mused after the match? Or was the pitch simply too placid for quality test cricket? We'll be reflecting on England's desperate efforts to force a result in the Caribbean and looking ahead to the decisive third and final test later today. Over in Auckland, England's women secured another crucial win in the most nail-biting fashion, scraping past the host by just one wicket in a superb game of cricket, with Australia and India also battling away in a thriller for the ages, just how good is this tournament? All that, plus Zach's famous quiz question, to come. All right, welcome to uh, part one, um, a slightly smaller uh, rain stopped uh, play group today. Um, I'll be guiding the conversation and today is just me and Zach. Zach, how are you doing over in Leeds? Yeah, not too bad. We've, we've got a heat wave coming this week, which everyone's very excited about. It's I think like 12 it's degrees. A, it's, it's actually, <laughs> I think it's going to be 18 on Wednesday and it was, we actually had a lovely weekend. It's been sunny and about, you know, 15 degrees. And it's so set up for it to be really sunny now when there's a few there's a few kind of county warm up games going. Everyone's getting excited for the county season. And then obviously it will be back down to five degrees, a little bit of snow in Durham and stuff just for the start of the county season. We're all ready for it. <laughs> Always. And yep, over over here in Iowa City, it's actually a gorgeous day. I think we, we've had our own heat wave um, to use uh, American temperature terminology in the 70s. Really nice stuff. Sorry to our uh, European <laughs> listeners with that one. Um, all right, into the cricket. Uh, there is quite a bit to talk about. Um, we're going to be talking about the obviously the West Indies England test match first. And then over in part two, we're going to be reflecting on what is a brilliant tournament uh, in the Women's World Cup over in New Zealand. So lots of stuff to dive into, um, although it is just me and Zach. I think we've both got a lot to say. So there still should be uh, a really enjoyable pod. Um, all right. Um, over to the Caribbean. I'm just going to run you through the scorecard real quick before we dive into the, the nuances on what happened on the pitch. Um, just to refresh listeners, just in case you you weren't like me watching pretty much every ball of this, apart from the session that mattered, Zach, because I was stuck in TK Maxx for the pretty much the entire last day. It's just the way it goes. Um, West Indies, uh, obviously hosting England. First game was drawn. Concerns with the pitch. That was, again, unfortunately, what unfolded um, over in Barbados for the second test. Um, England batted first. Uh, they actually declared both innings. I wonder how many times we've done that in recent years. Um, put on a mammoth total to get us started. 507 for nine declared. Um, lots of really strong innings here. Uh, Joe Root just underlining his class the way he was playing the spinner i thought was just insulting at times the quality he had the guile obviously he can do it against the quicks as well with a credible 153 
However, there was an innings that I think lit up the cricketing world for however many hours it lasted for. 190 minutes, that was Ben Stokes smashing 120 from just 128 balls, strike rate of nearly 100. Uh, and then sandwiched in between the two, uh, batting at number four. Dan Lawrence is becoming, at least in my opinion, and we'll get to that in a second, Zach, a real breakout star of this um, of this uh, series so far. 91, and as we'll get to later, showed he can put the pressure on with the ball in hand as well. Superb from him. Uh, West Indies battled battled in the um, in their innings, and they also had two Centurions. Uh, they were 411 all out, so just around 100 less than England. Uh, Captain uh, Brathwaite, we will be talking about him at length. Don't worry about that. He scored a magnificent 160 um, in 489 balls. Um, Superb stuff and batted for a remarkable 710 minutes. Um, Blackwood also scored a dashing century, uh, got 102 runs there. So apart from that, not much to write home about in terms of batting for the West Indies. But obviously two Centurions in an innings, you're, you're pretty happy there. England, again, quick fire stuff, trying to force a result on the end of the fourth day into the fifth day. Uh, everyone having a smack, ending up about 185 for six. You know, nothing too much to dive into there. And then the action really did happen in the final couple of sessions. We thought it was going to, you know, peter out into a pretty lifeless draw. But England took some wickets and they put West Indies under pressure. Um, and it took some superb batting from guess who Brathwaite again 56 not out I mean what a superb uh week of test cricket he had um and the wicketkeeper De Silva who looked very handy with the bat I'll be asking you about that in a second Zach um he scored a very uh very wise I think a very solid 30 um, off 63 balls and he wasn't afraid to put away the bad ball which is what I really liked about his innings as well so match drawn England couldn't force those final final couple of results um yet West Indies concluding on 135 for five Zach that's enough of me talking you can tell I'm enthusiastic about this because I watch most of this um initial thoughts we've got a couple of bullet points to talk through here but off the off the bat for a cricketing metaphor what, what stood out to you from this test what, what were your reflections following the draw I mean it was the interesting thing was from having having a girlfriend who who kind of engages with cricket just to kind of shut me up a little bit when I told her that England were whatever it was it was about 350 for four or something she was like no what and then I told her we got 500 she 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 couldn't she couldn't believe that she didn't even kind of realize that that was possible and obviously it hasn't been possible and the pitch might have been flat but England did very well and that Stokes innings was some of the the most fun I've had watching test cricket in in a good while like you said, Dan Lawrence looked brilliant, was so unlucky to get out. Bit silly, hitting two fours in a row off the final over the day and, and then going for a third one. It was like, oh, Dan, just block out, get your 100. Because he's still, because it was the second time he's, he didn't get out in the 90s last time, but he, he was not out. And he needs that ton. He just needs he that ton. I, I agree. I agree completely. Break, almost breakout star of the thing, of the kind of series going really well at batting at four root batting at three working pretty well Alex Lee's got a couple of kind of scores but not really I feel like he really needed to kind of cash in I think I put this in our chat in that second innings because it was just so flat and there wasn't really much to go for I know we did kind of attack a little bit more as the innings went on but at first it just seemed like we were just going to bat and then you know, he did he did see out the new ball, but it kind of seems like it's the same sort of thing that Sibley was getting kind of flack for. 
But yeah, it's, it's difficult. I, I want to give Leeds a chance, but it's it's same old, same old, you know. But yeah, what more? What more is there to say? I think bowling wise, Mahmood looked good. Mahmood looked different. He wasn't particularly quick, and neither was Fisher. But they both looked good. Fisher's action is lovely. So it's got a lot of. I've seen a lot of like Dale Stain comparisons. Really like it. It just seems so repeatable and smooth. It's lovely to watch. And him getting a wicket in his first over. Great scenes. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot to dive into. You touched on some uh, you know, really important moments in the game. I guess just because we've led with England, we will stick with them. But don't worry, we'll give uh, the West Indies their, 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 their due time today because I thought they were really, really um, quality um, opponents. It's been a re- two really evenly matched sides, I would say, so far. And obviously, it's a shame that there hasn't been results because arguably, and we can get onto this just in a second, um, the pitch itself. Um, I want to stick with the England's bowling for a minute because I thought it was quite interesting. I've got I've got a lot to talk about here, but I do want to come to you first. Just to take us back, just just before the game starts, right? Obviously, we're looking at this pitch. It does seem to be a little bit flat selection wise, just to get us into some of this um, bowling kind of discourse. Um Chris Wokes, you know, off the bat, I'm just looking at um, at the figures now. I mean, he did bowl 23 overs, so, you know, pretty relatively solid amount in that first innings. But as we could see, he only bowled four in the second innings when we were obviously needing wickets to win the game. Um, I, I don't think it's tenable for him to be playing the next game. We can get into, you know, future selection a little bit later down the line. But for you... Were there any changes, I guess, retrospectively, Zach, that you would have made? Like, do you think that this kind of lineup, I know it's kind of injury forced to an extent with um, a couple of England seamers being unwell. Um, but what do you think when I look at this? It doesn't fill me with much confidence. I mean, we're looking at Leach, you know, Fisher, Wokes, Stokes having to do a lot of the legwork again. And then Root and Lawrence kind of, you know, trading off some time each to, to have this kind of extra spinner role. Looking at this team, I mean, what do you think? This is, you know, we're. It's the big reset. We are going to hammer hammer this home. It's 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 a big sales pitch for for the English setup at the minute. It's not looking great, but I guess Mahmood was was excellent, um, as you mentioned as well. He's obviously was a part of this lineup. Yeah, what do you think of the bowlers? Just breaking it down a little bit. I know we could get into spin in a minute, but maybe sticking with pace. Um, Fisher, Wokes, Mahmood. Give me your, your your detailed thoughts on those. So again, Wokes kind of looks unthreatening I'd say it, so. was, it was okay it was better than it was in the first test I thought again Fisher didn't look you know it didn't look like it was going to take a wicket every ball by any means he looked all right you know his his expected wickets using the quick expected wickets he's he's way down on that which is interesting similar to Chris Wokes they're both 1.2 down because they both only took one wicket but yeah, pretty, you know, just pretty solid right arm, medium fast. It's not, I think he, he should have a chance to play a fair few more tests for England at some point in the future. I'd like to see us go to spinners in Grenada, but I don't know if we will, but I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, that's on my mind as well, actually. Um, and just 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 for clarity for the listeners, when you when you say expected wickets, um, Zach, obviously looking at the fantastic Crickviz model there, is that um, is the takeaway that they should have got more wickets based on how they were bowling? Were they a wicket short? Was that pretty much it? Yeah, basically. So using kind of ball tracking data, the model creates it does expected runs and expected wickets based on historical data, looking at the amount of wickets you will get 
from a delivery. Obviously, the expected wickets for a delivery is is not is never one. So it works a bit like expected goals in in football, that a chance, but it's a lot less. You know, each wicket, it, you know, you bowl a top of off delivery, it will still, it won't be even dot one. I don't think, and you know, I don't think it would ever really be that high. So they bowled better than their wickets showed, and it often. It often works that way. For example, Jack Leach's is is minus three point four, so he should have, based on how well he bowled, it shows that Leach actually bowled very well in this first innings. And I, I thought he did, you know, on the eye test, it looked like he did. You know, twenty seven maidens in sixty nine point five overs, three wickets, going under two economy, and the fact that you know he, he bowled just a silly amount of overs, and that is that is a lot of overs, and his expected wickets is minus 3.4 so based on expected wickets he his expected wickets is 6.4 so across a kind of say he he bowled like that across 100 innings you'd expect him to take on average six wickets it's really interesting obviously it's a metric that we're seeing used uh, increasingly for football right you know how, how many goals the team's expected to concede or score and it's really interesting to see it, obviously um you know have have use and utility in cricket as well because i do think some of the english bowlers were unlucky um and as you said statistically yeah the amount of wickets they get they got didn't reflect the quality of the bowling sticking with leach for a second as you, as you touched on he bowled like a, a truly ridiculous amount of overs 94.5 overs across both innings um that <laughs> it was about, about five t20 innings nearly no england bowler has bowled as many balls in the test since 1962 i mean how's that for a stat so he he was plugging away um However, there was a bit of discourse on the final on the final day, you know, on the BBC Live blog, on Twitter and stuff, saying that potentially Lawrence was the more dangerous looking bowler towards the end. Obviously, just part timer, giving it a go. I, th- I was quite impressed. Funny action. We've, we've all laughed about uh, how how armsy and handsy his action is. Um, what do you think about 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 Leach's role in this team, Zach? Just sticking with him for a second, because. I think it's been if Lawrence is the real breakout star who's just like who's just demanding attention as opposed to the regulars, just Stokes and uh, Root, etc. playing well. I think this has been a really solid tour for Leach so far. And maybe if he had the expected wickets to show for it, maybe some of this discussion would be a bit different. But I still think he was getting quite a bit, maybe flax a bit strong, but there's a bit of pushback towards his role um, uh, throughout the test from some England fans. What have you thought about him? We've seen him for years for Somerset. We're, we're um, you know very much acquainted with his with his star with what he offers which is pretty much a very very consistent line and length and he can just put it on a spot and do that as he did for many many overs that's what he offers he offers consistency but he isn't the most exciting bowler let's be honest he isn't um what do you think about him so far in this test because if you're touching on uh, maybe two spinners for the next one i assume he'd be in there do you think he's maybe cemented his place as england's number one spinner so far I would say that his place as England's number one spinner hasn't been in doubt for a while. The the question of whether Joe Root trusts him has, has definitely, definitely had some doubt over it. And I think maybe he's shown that Joe Root can trust him. And I, I do worry that come the summer with a new coach, because we've seen how dangerous Dan Lawrence can look. And if Dan Lawrence can, you know, get a little bit more consistent with his line and length, because, you know, there was kind of... It did seem like towards the end there was maybe not one ball and over, but one ball every two overs would be a would be a, a long hop or a half tracker, and it it does release the pressure. Obviously, it's it's you know in that sort of situation it's a bit diff it's a bit different than bowling all those overs in the first innings, but 
I worry that I worry that England might be like, oh no, we don't need to go in with a spinner first test of the summer. We've got Lawrence and Root that can do a job, and I, I still don't like that. I do think that Parkinson should be given a go. Yep. I like Parkinson. I want Parkinson in, this, in that test, and if Parkinson does well, then give him a go in the summer. You know, we don't have to. I I don't know. It's hard. I, I think you know, being a spin bowler in this England side is, is difficult. It's not an easy job. It's certainly not, you know, an easy job in early summer England. Thankless. Ever. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of go over the next year or so because we've not got tests in. We're not got tests in it. We've got tests in Asia right at the end of this year against Pakistan. So coming into that, we pa- Parkinson has to get a, has to play a game before that, really, doesn't he? Because. I can't see they're not. I can't see unless Don Bess absolutely tears it up that he's going to come back in. You know, he's he's not in this squad. So Parkinson is at the moment without actually playing a game. He is the second spinner. So you can't. And when you go to Pakistan, okay, the pitches have been absolutely dead in the Pakistan series, as we'll come on to. But we can't have Parkinson go in there having never played a Test match for England, getting your Test cap. I suppose it's exactly what Australia have done with Swepson, and it, and I'm sure both of us agree. It would have been much better if he could have just had one of the games at the Ashes or, you know, at some point when England were already done, you know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is really fascinating. And I think, yeah, something else that I found frustrating about um, the spin options and how they were employed and utilised uh, down under during the Ashes is just, you know, we talked about it at length. You know, Jack Leach, he wasn't trusted. He wasn't given a pit, uh, a field to bowl to. And it was almost... Yeah, humiliating is a bit strong, but it was certain if I was that bowler and you're and you're being, you know, basically sold as England's number one spinner, but you're captain for whatever reason, whatever it's the coaches or it's just root personally, obviously I don't know the details there, just do not trust you. To at this point, even well, A get wickets or B bowl a consistent line or length, you come on the field right and you're already you come on to bowl and you already have a defensive field. I mean, that can't give you any um you know, any confidence at all. So what I've loved about, at least I know the conditions are different and let's be honest, the opposition isn't nearly as strong as Australia at home. That's, that's because England are doing relatively well. But even that aside, I've loved seeing Leach playing with a smile, getting an attacking field, picking up wickets and just bowling really tidily. And I think it's it, it's such a shame that maybe some of those half chances or edges or whatever weren't translated into wickets because if 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 that if that margin was just a little bit fuller i think a few more people would be listening and thinking well leach is doing a good job here but at the same time i completely agree that you know parkinson's got to play um you can't go into a tour away from home or wherever um uh, you know and expect to do a to do a job right if it's for example pakistan you can't have any pressure on you without of having that opportunity before that doesn't make sense at all um so yeah i mean this, i guess let's just wrap up england and look at this team because i do want to dive into into the west indies so england's winless run now stretches to seven tests um quite a lot for a team allegedly i certainly don't agree with this you know um, among some of the top elite test teams in the world hasn't been that way for a while we can all agree on but that is quite a while um obviously they tried their best to force a result on the final day that's two tests in a row now uh, uh jonathan Agu um uh, mentioned whether this was like uh, i quote here you know a winning draw which seems quite nonsensical i don't think it necessarily was i think west indies were excellent as well um Looking forward, you know, OK, so we want to include two spinners into into this final test. It's a it's a huge test, right, Zach? We want to win it. West Indies want to win it. And it's going to take all. I just hope for, for everything to goodness that it's not another draw, because this 
this hard fought series deserves a winner. It deserves whether it's West Indies, fantastic, I love them. If if it's England, brilliant. But, you know, it, it's long overdue. Um, looking at this team, I guess, um, who who's dropping out? Are you thinking? I'm thinking bringing Parkinson play alongside Leach and just hope it does a little bit more. Obviously, they've got to assess the pitch. Uh, for me, it would probably be a pretty simple, I guess, wokes out parkinson in look at the fitness of the other bowlers because that's something i'm not too aware of what are your thoughts because it's not that far away you know it's going to be two days away when people are listening to this what, what do you think yeah so i think the what i've seen kind of banded around on social media by the people who want parkinson in is that it would probably be fisher fisher out for robinson to try and shore up the batting a little bit obviously we know his so he could bat at eight basically and then wokes for parkinson yes but you know we can't we haven't been able to trust robinson eight for the test side but i mean say it quietly we haven't really i suppose okay wokes did score a very handy 41 in the in the first innings here but you know we, we we've scored enough runs that it's not vital and you should really I think we should really just pick our four best bowlers and I do think Robinson is better than Wokes at this point in time I couldn't agree more what I want to do is clip this is clip you saying the top of the order have got more than enough runs I, I know I, I know you're doing it slightly tongue-in-cheek I can see you smiling but I want that clipped let the batters bat and let the bowlers ball that is the, <laughs> the, the range stop play mentality you wait you wait all out for, all out for 75 in the next game <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And I think it is great to have Lawrence as, as, you know, an option as well. But listen, if you want Parkinson to play test cricket, what do we need to do? Give him a game. Get him, give him some experience. And it's this match still matters. That's why I think it'd be a really good one to bring him in because it's not a dead rubber. There's a bit of pressure on him. But at the same time, it's not an Ashes uh, series home or away. It's not, you know, that kind of magnitude. Not not far off that. I think it'd be great for England to win this series. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with those changes and batting probably keep as is. And uh, obviously, you know, most listeners be aware that obviously Mark Wood has got a pretty bad injury. And I think he's going to be out. Is it, Am I correct in saying quite a bit of cricket in the IPL? Was that is that correct, Zach? Yeah, he's pulled out of the IPL, unfortunately, which is a real shame because uh, as listens to our preview pod, which for the IPL, which we did, which came out over the weekend, recommend trying to find that on our social media with uh, Crick Visits Ben Jones. Uh, I basically picked Luck now as my new team because I hate KKR now, and also <laughs> because they got um, they they signed Mark Wood, so you know they signed Mark Wood, so now they don't have Mark Wood, but it's okay. I'll still support them. It, it is a shame. It was nice to see uh, Jeffrey Archer though talking about English injured quicks, uh, you know, at the game, enjoying himself. Really, really nice to see him. And just final thing on England, actually, one of the saddest moments of Test cricket, and we've watched a lot of sad English moments down under. One of the saddest ones I've seen in recent months was um, was Mood tearing in celebrating a wonderful wicket he's being hugged i felt elated i was watching it live and i was like it was one of those moments when you're watching sport and you're just like i'm so jealous because i wish i could share that moment with the you know, england captain and all these fans and you could just see the smiles just just disappear when they saw that it overstepped but anyway and one more thing on england do you, would you say keep mahmoud in the team uh, for the final for the final test i think he was very solid especially in the final innings he looked really lively yeah, he looked really good in that. I'd definitely keep him in for the final test. As long as he's, you know, okay. I don't think he bowled 
Yeah, I mean, 27 overs in the first, I was about to say, I don't think he bowled that much, but 27 overs in the first dig is, is quite a lot of overs. He didn't bowl that much in the final innings, though, only bowling eight overs, but that was, you know, dominated by uh, Leach and the part-timers more than anything. So, yeah, as, as long as he's all right, yeah, give him another test. Why not? He, he looked good. He, I think he looked he looked the best out of the bowlers, and I'm a big fan of him, big fan of him. I know he's, he's you know, his first half record isn't great, but he looks, he just looks different. He, he isn't, I mean, although he bowl, although he's right-handed and bowls at about early 80s, it, you know, it's the slingy action, the, it just, he just looks faster than that, you know? <laughs> when he, and he has, you know, to be fair, our bowlers were faster than lots of the West Indies bowlers through this game. So we weren't too slow. Absolutely. I guess that brings us really nicely onto uh, onto the hosts. Um, obviously, the name we're going to start with, uh, Captain Craig uh, Brathwaite, just sensational. I mean, obviously, we, we can't do justice to this innings. I will just throw out a couple of you know really really uh, important stats that underline the quality and longevity of his of his work throughout this test. Um, he batted for nearly 12 hours in his first innings for 160 um, and passed Brian Lara. Um, to face the most deliveries, 673 in a single test by a West Indies player. I mean, that is just remarkable. Even more so, obviously, he's fielding his captaincy duties. He was off the field for just 21.1 overs of a five-day match of a hard-fought with the occasional five-minute rain stoppage of a hard-fought five-day match. I mean... I hope he gets a bonus is all I can say. I hope there's something in his contract for for, for working that hard. Um, you know, watching watching him bat, Zach, I know we both caught, we were both, you know, lucky enough to catch quite a lot of what was at times a tough to watch game, but that's that is, you know, the magic of test cricket. You get you get peaks and troughs. What were your thoughts about him? Um obviously we, we knew coming into this game he's quite a slow scorer, which is why it was quite funny when he really teared into some of the England bowlers in the first test. Uh he seemed to go back to basics for this uh, for this one and just it was just glorious to watch, um, and England just could not seem to get him out. Um, what, what were your thoughts on him? I mean, what more needs to be said, really? Yeah, we were talking before we started about the about his. Uh, I was looking at the stats for how because he just faced 489 balls for just 160. I know it was 160 brilliant score, but that is that's pretty bloody slow. <laughs> and it is the it is the slowest. It's the most balls faced by someone to score less than 200. Since uh, Shivnarayan Chanderpaul in the second dig at uh, against India in 2002, there's lots of there's lots of people above him in the, on the list who are from you know Bannerman in 1892 scored 91 from 619 balls. So that slow and compared steady. to that slow and Brathwaite steady dropped was, the anchor. Yeah, compared to that, Brathwaite was a bit you know calm down, mate. It's, it's a test match here. You got you got plenty of time on your hands. But yeah, <laughs> we just we just couldn't get him out, and he's just he's brilliant i mean I, i've seen a stat kind of cut going around i think it's now the last 11 test hundreds by an opener by a west indies opener were all by craig brathwaite the last person who wasn't called craig brathwaite to score a, a hundred opening the batting for west indies was chris gale and you know he ain't played test cricket in a few years now yeah absolutely brilliant from him i thought west indies again you know looked pretty good the bowling just a thankless task, really, isn't it? You know, I don't think they looked amazing. Stokes was just having fun with them. I felt really sorry for Pomol because he just had to take him off because obviously, you know, at, bowling to a left-hander, left arm, we've seen it when 
leech bowls at left-handers as well, and it's it's not fun. You know, when Ben Stokes was in the mood he was in, it was always going to be difficult. But yeah, you know, they all bought, they all seemed to bowl okay on a pitch that was doing nothing. Brilliant hundred from Brathway. Blackwood stepping up. You know, I think he's been under a fair bit of pressure before this series. People kind of talk about him as, you know, oh, it's, it's Blackwood. He can hit a long ball. He has a bit of fun, but also, you know, he never really does it. He never really does it. I like that you mentioned Joshua De Silva because I always think he looks really good. But actually, when he came in in the second, in the in the fourth innings, and he, he said his average was under 30, I was a bit like, really? I, I kind of thought he'd always... It just seems like he's always been decent. That's what he gets. For them. Yeah, he, he looks good. Yeah. He was very solid. Yeah, he looks good. And he, he looked, and I like that you mentioned that he he really did put away the bad ball, even though they were playing out for the draw. With those, Venom. Uh, those, yeah, those Dan Lawrence half trackers that I was talking about. Dispatched. He just put him away. Put him away. He was having he was having none of it, and that was that was really you know it was good to see. But yeah, really important knock for him. <sighs> Yeah, there's not, not much more to say, to be honest. I feel like it's, you know, I think John Campbell will be very disappointed in how he's kind of gone this series. Read my mind. I was going to come Brooks to you on him. as well. Bonner, you know, obviously both two single-figure scores in this, but has been very, very good. He's done his other than that. Yeah, and, you know, I think the bowling, you know, it's hard to say much about the bowling on a pitch like this. You know, Pamal... Didn't look didn't look too good again, but they don't seem to have they didn't they didn't have another bowler in the squad for this. I don't know if they would have picked, called one up for the next test, but I presume not as. So I think the idea was last test they didn't have one in, they hadn't put one into the squad for the second test, but the spinner they could have put into the squad was Bayesian, so could have just come you know come to Barbados and played because he would have been in Barbados anyway. But yeah. I think the spin is a little bit of a worry for them, particularly, well, it means are we going to expect it to to spin again? You know, maybe not if it's not going to benefit the West Indies, but who knows? I think Kemal Roach, Kemal Roach got to the uh, seventh on the all-time wickets for West Indies, overtaking Garfield Sobers, which is nice. And Ben Stokes also joined the, uh, the 5,000 runs and 150 wickets club, which is... He's got about five members now, I think. It's, you know, Gary Sobers, Capital Dev, Jack Callis. Other than that, don't know. (laughs) I think there's one more. Can't remember who it is. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be someone huge. I've forgotten, isn't it? But yeah, (laughs) elite, elite company for both of them. Yeah, it's a really good point you made there. Yeah, that's it. Because obviously, you know, we're making a few notes about the game um, before we, you know, hopped on to to talk about it. And with West Indies, obviously, you know, we're talking about the captain. We're talking about what was a record-breaking innings in, in many ways and was just so authoritative. But the bowling, I think you're spot on, Zal. I, I don't think you can judge any bowling attack by by this really sorry excuse for a, for a pitch, at least for one that the creative community wants to see a result on. Look at the pace attack, just just really quickly. Roach, I'm glad you mentioned him. Like he he's one of my one of my favourite players on his day in 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 world cricket. I love the passion, I love the pace, um, I, I love the his enthusiasm for the game shines through. You can see that. Whereas some of the other bowlers, you know, maybe Joseph, I haven't seen as much of Seals, um, but just you can see their frustration. I mean, all of the bowling unit you could see from both teams were getting frustrated because these are brutal conditions to bowl in, and, and don't get me wrong on that. But but Joseph was nearly going at five and over in the first innings. I mean, that is a that's a bit steep for a Test match when you're bowling 23 overs. There's something about 
this West Indian bowling attack, and maybe a bit of the middle order as well. But I just I just can't seem to work it out. I know it's not really like scientific or as you know I'm not not diving into stats here. But you know regarding the eye test, you know again being lucky enough to catch quite a lot of the, of these tests because in America it's a really good time uh, to be watching this throughout the day. Yeah. The, the West India bowling attack, it, it doesn't like terrify me. I don't th- not to say it's bad in any way at all, but I think there's something missing. I think there's something missing here. And I think it might just be a world class spinner. Um, I think Pomol has been really been pretty poor between the games. What do you what do you reckon? Yeah, I'd say I'd say that and the fact that Shane Gabriel's injured. So they don't have the kind of faster bowler. Absolutely. They've not got anyone who kind of is bowling high 80s. Really, Joseph is the fastest of the bowlers. But he's he's not really getting above 85 with any kind of frequency. So I think it's that and the spinner who can just kind of hold down an end and then and then take over and really attack in the second second innings. I mean, there are two things that England have struggled to have, you know, as well in recent times. Okay, we've got we've we in theory we have you know some brilliant high pace quicks, but Woods' injury record's not great. Archer, you know, well documented that he's not played much cricket for a long time now. And then Ollie Stone as well has been been really unlucky. So, you know, it's kind of a similar thing. A lot of right arm, fast, medium kind of bowlers. It's the same thing. It is a little bit samey. I, com- I completely agree with you, Glenn. Um, that just about wraps us up, I think, for part one. Um, in part two, we're going to be... Uh looking at the Women's World Cup, which has been fantastic. Um, and just touch on the first day of Pakistan-Australia, which has actually has been wicked. Stuff has happened, so a little bit to analyse there. Just before we do uh, move on to part two, um, unfortunately, uh, uh, on the BBC Live text, a slightly terrifying photo of uh, Jack Leach with hair um, popped up. Uh, and I just wanted to nod to it before we move on. Zach, what were your thoughts on uh, Jack Leach with hair? Have you seen him with hair for Somerset before? I can recognise his Somerset shirt. It, it's terrifying. I have seen him with hair before, I can confirm. I've not seen him with this much hair before. So I've seen much him hair. kind of balding. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was a little bit less scary. But yeah, it's a it, it's a strange look, to be honest. I think he, look, I think he looks, he, he does bold very well. He does, he does. And for listeners, obviously, you can't see, unfortunately, that has cut off all of my hair as well. So I'm having a, a hair crisis of my own. Anyway, enough on hair, over to part two in just a moment. All right, welcome back uh, to part two of today's podcast. Just me and Zach here, but we're enjoying ourselves. I'm having a really good time. I get to talk a little bit more than usual. This is great. Hopefully listeners don't mind. Um, Over to the Women's World Cup. I'm going to be honest, Zach. I think the quality of this tournament has been superb. The narratives have been unfolding. I mean, I just, you know, I, I miss it. Time difference with this one's a bit trickier, but, you know, open my phone in the morning and there's either a shock result or one that goes right to the wire. I mean, there were two sensational games of cricket in just the last uh, last couple of days, one involving England, the other um, involving Australia and India, which was a real game for the ages. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we have a bit of an English bias, so I guess we'll start there. England versus New Zealand went right down to the final wicket. Um, Zach, tell us a little bit about this game. I watched pretty much the whole uh new zealand innings i think um uh, watched quite a lot of it and then dived uh, into the first i think about 10 overs of the of the chase it was just a good game of cricket it was dramatic just yeah what happened if listeners haven't been following the tournament as closely as us yeah so annoyingly for us so so in the uk their games are either they're they're either starting at 10 p.m 
which means you can catch a little bit at the start or if they start the all the kind of afternoon games start at 1 a.m which means if i get up at 7 a.m i can catch the last hour which is just it's it's kind of what you want and with the with the tournament like this that's gone down to last over finishes it's been quality being able to catch the last over and we'll come on to some games that have you know i've managed to watch the last hour of that have been brilliant but this game unfortunately was the kind of 10 p.m but it was saturday night so i did stay up and watched a, a good bit of the first bit and england looked really good kept new zealand down to 203 all out and then were just absolutely cruising needing about I think they needed they needed about three runs and over with with ten overs to go and six wickets in hand with Siver Siver was kind of going along nicely and Dunkley you know as well going on pretty nicely. It then Dunkley got out and it was still you know Siver was there Siver got a fifty and we needed twenty from fifty balls or something and then we just suddenly just collapsed kind of out of nowhere in a classic England fashion and just about got over the line. Anya Shrubsol getting us over the line. With, 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 you know, balls to spare, 16 balls remaining, we ended up doing it, but only one wicket. And, yeah, it was tense. I feel like New Zealand were really in this. And it was such a big game because it was whoever wins this can go through to the semifinals. If either team loses this, they're basically out. So New Zealand are, are all but out now. You know, also in the last week, England beat India, which was huge. Uh, England bowled India out for 134 Brilliant. Dean taking four for 23. Quality. She didn't play the first kind of couple of games of the tournament, but really good to see her come in and do really well. So that it's such an interesting tournament because we've not had, it's not like in the men's T20 World Cup where we had kind of few teams run away with it, meant the kind of last half of the group stage didn't matter. It means that every game in this tournament matters because even though the England are finishing with games against the weaker sides, Pakistan and Bangladesh, they have to win those games. They are absolute must wins. And even with, there's been a little bit of weather around, which is something I, I, I don't know if I mentioned on the preview pod, but I've been, I've been kind of a bit sceptical about the lateness of this tournament before, because I feel like March in New Zealand is, is a bit rainy. March and early April in New Zealand. I think we've, we've seen kind of test matches played at this time of year before, where it's just been, it's been really rain affected. So I was a little bit, when I kind of first saw that they did this, I was a little bit annoyed that the tournament was going to be at this time. Luckily, not too many games have been rain affected. One that was rain affected was uh, overnight. West Indies lost to Pakistan, which is fulfilling everything we've said about them in the preview. The fact that West Indies can beat anyone. They beat England. They beat New Zealand. But then they've managed to lose to Pakistan, who, you know, before that game, they'd lost 20 ODIs in a row, Pakistan. So, you know, they're not they're not the best side, but brilliant stuff from them. That was, that was a rain affected game down to... 20 overs but just really really poor from West Indies they'll be really disappointed following the start but now I think the permutations are that they've got a much worse net run rate than everyone else basically so they're not going to they shouldn't be able to go through they've still got to play they've still got to play South Africa I believe that is their and um, yeah that's that is their only game yeah they've only got to play South Africa now and obviously South Africa haven't lost a game so far they need one they need one win basically from from three to to qualify and join Australia who surprise surprise still doing really <laughs> well 
Yeah, oh, great, great summaries there, Zach. Thank you so much. I mean, what I love about this tournament, many things. Quality of the cricket um, has been wonderful. The photo finishes have been so much fun to watch, especially for this format. You don't see, you just don't often see these ridiculously tense one wicket, ten run finishes in ODIs. That's usually reserved for for T20s. Um, but also, it's still quite wide open. That's 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 something that I'm really enjoying about this. There's a lot of people um, still, a lot of teams who still have option, who options to go through, opportunities to do so. And you get the sense that possibly one of the big hitters might miss out. At the minute you're thinking New Zealand, um, obviously, maybe just, maybe not necessarily big hitters, but at least home advantage look like they're struggling. I can potentially see the top, top four kind of panning out with maybe... Australia, South Africa, India, England, maybe could be it. We can get into that in a second. But just before we maybe get into those predictions, Zach, there's a game I just want to talk about um, just a little bit more. Um, Australia versus India. I mean, it was just so good. Again, I was lucky. Actually, I didn't watch this live. I watched the extended highlights um, during the lunch break of the England of the of the England men's test, and I just had to put down what I was doing and just like enjoy it. So. Um, yeah, Australia chased down 278. Um, the highest successful chase ever in the Women's World Cup. Um, the previous highest target chase was also by Australia, surprising nobody when they chased down 258 against Sri Lanka in 2017. Obviously, you know, just 20 more runs, but that is tricky to do. I thought India put on such a good performance and they were so unlucky to, to, to not get the win. Um, ridiculously, this is, um, Zach, Australia's 17th. 17th successful chase in a row um I, it just it just beggars belief really um did you did you catch much of this game zach what were your did you did you at least you know catch up on some of the highlights it was just thrilling stuff i just just it was fantastic two teams absolutely you know desperate for the win uh, i thought i was hoping india would do it you know i, I always do prefer the underdogs but the way just the way that australia made this chase look straightforward they won by six wickets they it went to the final over, you know, three balls left. But, you know, people like um, Healy and Lanning with a Lanning got a beautiful 97. She'll be so disappointed to miss out on that 100. You could see that on her face when she was um, trudging off. I, I, I was hoping if Australia were going to win, Lanning would be there to see them home with a, with a, with a century. But wow, it was just great. I just I, maybe I've got nothing more to say, except if you haven't seen the highlights and you're listening to this, stick them on it. It's top quality cricket. Yeah, completely agree, Glenn. And particularly as I put, um, I said Lanning would be my top run getter for the tournament. I wanted her to get as many runs as possible. She's not doing too badly in that. I think she is about 100 runs off of uh, her teammate, Rachel Haynes, who is leading that run scoring chart. But, you know, Lanning, she's a big game player. She's going to turn up when it gets when it gets to the, uh, you know, squeaky bum time. India, though, yeah, really good. Thought they probably had... Not necessarily enough, but like it was competitive with that score, I think they, two I seven think seven. They should have. But they should have defended it. Is that they should have defended mm, it against any other down. team. Against any other team, you defend that. But it's, it's Australia, isn't it? I don't. It's Australia. I mean, brilliant stuff from Jessica Batia getting, who's you know about twenty years old, getting a fifty, and then you know that that engine room middle order of Raj and, and Harnpreet Kaur. It's good, isn't it? Uh, just doing doing the job and there's been lots of kind of a bit of criticism leading into the tournament neither of them had a very good tour of New Zealand so it's good to see them kind of delivering on the on the bigger stage but yeah like you say the, the bowlers did did maybe let them down Goswami 
not in this game, but got the, was the first woman to get 250 ODI wickets, which is brilliant, absolute legend, big fan, film incoming as well, which is, you know, always good to see. But I think this tournament has been, from what I've heard, really well followed in India, more than it kind of has been, more than any other women's tournament has been, which is great to see. We'd love to see a women's tournament. Well, we want to see a women's IPL. We want to see absolutely women's tournament in India. You know, brilliant to see this Indian team. I, I said it before the tournament. I think, I think this tournament's a little bit too early for them. They've got so many young players, but a T20 World Cup. They could a T a T20 World Cup in two years' time, I think, is in South Africa. That 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 tournament, I wouldn't look far past India for that one. But yeah, you know, they, they've still got a good chance in this one, and they beat they beat Australia not that long ago. So they can definitely beat Australia on their day, and they came close in this game. And yeah, they they could they they should still be able to go through. I think they're kind of the way their permutations work is they need to beat Bangladesh which they should do on form and then they probably need to beat South Africa, but they will also hope that by then South Africa will already be through because it is, that's the last game of the group phase. So hopefully, well, hopefully for them, South Africa are through, South Africa aren't thinking about it and then, you know, it's done. Yeah, I think spot on. A really nice analysis there, Zach. And it's been great. You know, we've watched quite a lot of attritional test cricket, not just in uh, the West Indies, but in Pakistan, which we'll get onto in just a second. Um, and we had a really disappointing um, tournament quite recently. I don't think many of us past the minnow stage particularly enjoyed the T20 men's T20 World Cup at all. I thought it was pretty dismal, to be honest, and a bit soulless. Crowds, lack of crowds aside, I did look into that a little bit further last night, and there is, it is still... A lot of COVID restrictions. They've been able to increase capacity a bit, but not a huge amount because I've been disappointed watching some of these games with minimal crowds. But we're going to I think I think COVID is is one of the reasons for that. But it's been so nice to watch some test cricket, which is my favorite form of the game. But to turn over to this tournament and just watch some real just like edgy or see like thrilling last minute, you know, photo finishes. I said it earlier, but this tournament so far for me has had everything. Um, final word on this, Zach. Uh, give me four. Give me the top four. Doesn't have to be in order, but but who are the top four uh, by the end of the group stage? So I think it's got to be Australia, South Africa, India, and England for me. They're not the top four I would have picked. I I didn't. I wasn't sure on India before the tournament. I think India probably will do it now, basically because it would take some kind of net run rate swing because of well, West Indies losing to losing to uh, Bangladesh. Sorry, not losing to Bangladesh. They they almost lost to Bangladesh this week as well, but they did lose to Pakistan, and that puts India in a much better position. And yeah, South Africa solid. One more win needed. Still not lost a game. Again, they they almost bottled a game as well against New Zealand. But yeah, that's my top four. And I think still from there, again, you know, any of them could beat Australia on the day, but. Can't really see it happening. Doesn't they? Don't seem beatable at the moment, really. No, and you just have a look at that net runway. It is um, it is head and shoulders above the teams around them. One point four two four. I mean, yeah, nobody's getting anywhere near close to that. So, yeah, we have the favourite. We, we said it all before. Can anyone beat Australia? Uh, we will see. Um, but can anyone beat South Africa? Because no one's managed that so far. This tournament, as you as you mentioned. Yep. Yeah. 
uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep uh, d- d- discussing it as we go on. I can't wait for the for the knockout stage pretty soon, and it's gonna be fascinating to see where the chips fall and who actually makes it through. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, a, a roundup. Thank you, Zach, for that of the uh, of the World Cup happening in New Zealand right now. Um, we're getting towards the end of the episode at this point, to be fair, but I do want to just have a very brief look at what's happening um, in Pakistan. Um, so Australia, at the conclusion of the first day, um, a 232 for five um kawaja he is just piling on the runs i wish he'd got 100 he got out unfortunately for 91 uh, i wish he'd converted that to a ton uh, one of if not the most informed player in test cricket as a batter in the world right now just on a different planet um what i thought was really interesting is that um uh, shaheen pod favorite shaheen you know global cricket uh hero uh shaheen uh picked up two wickets in just three balls he blew away warner and labashane labashane picking up a two ball duck there being he just nibbled at one and, and rizwan uh snaffled it behind the stump so he'll be deeply disappointed um looking at the scorecard um smith uh, i don't have the figures on hand but i'll be interested to see the the last time Smith really piled on consistently huge runs. He got out for 59, which feels like a bit of a Smith innings. I mean, at least he got his half century. Um, but I don't, I'd be interested to see what you think of where he's at right now. Um, Head is back into the team, getting 26. And then Green and Carey are currently not out on 20 and 8, respectively. Um, so, yeah, Nassim got two wickets. Shaheen picked up uh, another couple as well. Um, yeah, Australia, I think... There's a lot to be said about this first day. I thought it was really interesting. I think it opens up the test match really nicely. And um, Zach, any just early thoughts on, you know, Australia batting, Pakistan bowling, maybe where you where you see this uh, test match heading in the next couple of days? Because I think it's one to watch. I think it's a really, really good one. Yeah, I think those kind of first couple of sessions tomorrow will be really key for kind of how this how Absolutely. the test kind of develops, because if. Pakistan can skittle them for under 300 and then again we don't know if this pitch is going to break up we hope it will break up a bit so that you know the spin is coming to the game more and we can get a result because otherwise nil nil in a three test series is for kind of the first I want to say major nation but like it was a massive thing Australia going to going to Pakistan you know it's the first one of the big three to go for for a long time now and but we need a result guys come on Come on, let's, let's have a results wicket, please. <laughs> That's what I'm saying about just test cricket right now. This is why it's such a joy to, to watch some ODIs because we, we just want results. We're begging for them. On Usman Khawaja, you said obviously the most informed player in the world. I've just looked at test runs from the beginning of 2022. He scored 647 runs already in 2022. The next best is 388. So he's he's nearly he's nearly double the next best, and that that's Devon Conway, Johnny Bairstow, and Joe Root are our third and fourth respectively. And uh, yeah, Steve Smith again seems to just be scoring at a very slow rate, another slow fifty. And I think it's the the difference between him now and him when he was just bashing out the hundreds between you know twenty twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen was that he it seemed like when he got to fifty he got to a hundred then, but now he just he seems to keep getting out before he gets to 100, getting a lot of 50s. His average is still very, very good, but yeah. 
you have you've put it you've articulated it really beautifully there zach um yeah it's his conversion rate this is the kind of phrase I was, I was looking for i couldn't quite work it out in my head yeah where are the big scores where are the big steve smith bat for two days bat for a day and a half get you 150 whatever that's what's lacking and yeah it'll be interesting to see obviously how he does in the second innings and how this shapes up but yeah i'd, I'd love a pakistan win i think a lot of neutrals would probably be leaning towards pakistan here i'd love to see them um get a good result but um yeah hopefully it's you know i'm sure it'll be competitive but i really hope we uh we, we see a, a tense finish because i think this series deserves it i think they're two two excellent teams two exciting teams to watch i really i get time difference wise this this one starts at 11 p.m for me it's tough but i've really enjoyed catching up with the highlights and yeah let's let's see how it unfolds let's see if the pitch does deteriorate and we actually get a result wouldn't that be nice um before we end um, and just, you know, fully wrap up, we've obviously got to come to you, Zach, and uh, you've got a quiz question prepared, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah. What have you got? You said you gave me a little uh, teaser, potentially Somerset related, puts me under a bit of pressure. What's what's on the uh, agenda to close us up today? So for today, we've got a, a Tom Banton theme stat. Tom Banton's got 100 in a in a county, a county kind of season warm up game against Glamorgan today. Uh, he he scored four hundreds for Somerset in his in his short career so far two in OG, two in one day games and two in T twenties. One of those four hundreds was against Worcestershire, and the other three were all against the same county. Can you name that county? It's Kent, isn't it? Mm, yes, yes, Glenn. Nice. <laughs> Come on. He does I love actually, scoring runs against Kent. Uh, I actually got, I mean, obviously I've ruined the question for the listeners there, but the reason why I watched, uh, you know, with my dad when I was back in the UK over summer, we watched um, him pick up a remarkable blast hundred in very bad conditions. I recall it being a really kind of gloomy game and he was just operating as he sometimes does at another level um well fantastic question sorry to spoil that for listeners maybe i should have just left a bit of a pause but i was so excited i never get these answers i can actually get one good question as well there's that picking out i wouldn't have known it was um it was kent so often actually he loves playing against them um, well, I've ruined the question for everyone, but hopefully you've uh, enjoyed uh, enjoyed what's been, I think, uh, you know, a pretty solid pod. I've been loving chatting about this. I think it's a really interesting month for cricket. We've got tests, we've got ODIs, we've got a World Cup, we've got all sorts going on, and um, you know, Zach, we've got we've got warm ups to the county championship as well. So so much to talk about. Um, as always, complete pleasure to uh, chat about it with you, Zach. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for hosting. It's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been a little while, but you know I enjoy my occasional my occasional moment in the hot seat. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and uh, we will see you at the same time next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.